This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, I'm your host Paul Wheelock and welcome to the preview podcast to look ahead to Liverpool's visits of Southampton to Anfield. The Reds will be looking to make it a club record seven straight victories to start a season on Saturday afternoon. And given the brilliant form they are in, you would not back against them doing just that. But Southampton have not done too badly against the Reds in recent years. And I spoke to Adam Leach, the chief sports writer at the Southern Daily Echo, to get the lowdown on the Saints. We talked their start to the season, Danny Ings, Mark Hughes and Virgil van Dijk. Then we hear from our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce, who sent over his thoughts after attending Jurgen Klopp's press conference on Friday. You'll hear from James again, along with Red supporters, in our post-game show, which will be published on Saturday night after the match. But until then, enjoy this preview. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi Adam, thanks very much for joining me on this podcast. Uh, just getting you on to see how Southampton are shaping up going into the game against Liverpool on Saturday. Merseyside's a place you're well acquainted with at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we seem to be there all the time. Um, Everton, uh, first away game of this season. We've got Everton a week on Tuesday as well in the Cup. And Everton was the last away game of last season. And so with Liverpool in the middle, uh, that's four trips in four months basically, which is... Uh, seems quite remarkable we won't be back for quite a while though <laughs> after this I don't think barring any more cup draws of course of course so Southampton it's Liverpool on Saturday though We're, Liverpool are having a fantastic start to the season as you'll, you'll be aware but how is Southampton doing at the moment bit of a mixed bag to be honest bit of a mixed bag obviously this was always going to be a, sort of a, a rebuilding season after last year where, where they came within a whisker of getting relegated and, and just stayed up at the end Obviously, Mark Hughes came in uh, at the back end of last season, the final eight league games, uh, to keep them up. And now, obviously, that was that was job number one. And now, job number two, having having got the role permanently in the summer, is to try and sort of stabilise things, really, I suppose, and, and move them on and forwards and upwards as far as possible. But it's not an easy task, I don't think. Uh, I think the people who, who thought it, it would just sort of all click back into place were, were probably a little deluded because essentially you're going with, with, with largely, to be honest, the same bunch of players as they had before. There's only been, um, there's been movement, but not, not wholesale change. And so, I mean, how, how different are things going to be? You know, even even allowing for Hughes being a better manager, you know, he's not, no, no managers are, you know, going to make a miracle. He's got a magic wand. So, it's been difficult and the start of the season has, has sort of reflected that. Performances have been better, um, but not for whole games. We've, we've seen a lot of games where they've played very well for an hour or for a half, but, but not for the other half. And, and results have been patchy. I mean, they, they go to Anfield five points from five games and they, they you know, okay, you could say Everton maybe, I don't know, but they haven't really played anybody yet as such. And, and you know, you look, they, even when they played Leicester at home, Leicester didn't have Vardy. When they played Palace away, Palace didn't have Zaha. So they, they, they really had it quite kind. Um, they could have accumulated more points from the positions they've got themselves into. There's no doubt about that. I guess also they, they potentially could have not got as many points as well um, had, had Palace taken chances at the end of that game. So... A bit of a mixed bag, really. I feel like the season's possibly kind of on a bit of a knife edge as to which way it's going to go at the moment. And, and this is a difficult run for them now. 
Liverpool away, they then got Wolves away and Chelsea at home at the league games before the next break. So they, they kind of they kind of really need to get something from 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 somewhere here just to sort of pet them up a bit. I think. How big a blow will it be, Danny Ings not playing on Saturday? Liverpool fans know him so well, got so much time for him, and it seems like he he's got off to a good start at St Mary's. Yeah, yeah, he has. He's got off to a cracking start, really. I mean, three goals. Uh, already, he will be a big miss. Um, not just in, in what he brings, and not just in his goal scoring, but the, the sense that Saints have actually managed to get a little bit of continuity into the team, um, which is something that, that they kind of lacked. There's, there's been a lot of chopping and changing, and that's formations, that's personnel, all sorts. And, and yeah, Mark Hughes has kind of just hit upon this four-four-two uh, style formation that he's played the last three games in a, Premier League games in a row. Um, and Ings is important to that. So to then lose Ings is, um, you know, for this game is obviously is obviously very difficult. Um, at the press conference before the game, I was, I was asking him, well, what, what is the temptation to to go? Okay, well, look, we go four five one then, and we kind of part the bus a little bit um, without Ings uh, and see what we get. But I think for him, for, for Hughes, it's going to Liverpool when they're when they're in such great form. It's a bit damned if you do and damned if you don't, isn't it? Really, because. You know, you can you can pitch up there and, and stick with four four two and bring another striker in and kind of have a go, and you might end up getting hammered. Or you part the bus and you end up loose and you get accused of being too negative and, and never giving yourself a chance. So, I think I think it's a difficult call. I get the impression when when I spoke to him, he hadn't entirely decided on on exactly what he was going to do. But there's no doubt that the losing Ings uh, for this game is is a you know a pretty big blow for them. You talk about Mark Hughes there. It was, I don't know if it was a surprise appointment when he, he took over the job towards the back end of last season, but he's kept Southampton up. His his track record at other clubs has been good. How's he been? Uh, how's he been taken by the Southampton supporters? Well, I mean, uh, I think it it seems fairly in a way fairly obvious to say that having kept them up, that they wanted him to continue in the job. Um, they were really you know, staring down the barrel before he came in and. Yeah, and and he, he he did the job and kept them up. I mean, I think for most people, if you'd have said, I mean, he came in with eight games to go, and they ended up with eight points from those eight games. I think if at that point in time, that probably wouldn't have looked like that was going to be enough to keep them up. I think you would have assumed they were going down if they only got eight from those eight. But um, they were obviously uh, they got the points in the right games, if you know what I mean. And um, Swansea's you know utter capitulation. Um, Really, you know, both of those things combined really helped them. But I think there was a everybody felt it was the right move for Hughes to uh, to be given the job and to be given the chance to, to you know stamp his mark on onto the team. But like I, I say, I've got um, he wouldn't ask for sympathy, but I certainly have a certain amount of sympathy with him because I don't think what he's taken on is really a, a, an easy job. I think it's, it's hard what what he's got to do with with what he's got to work with essentially um, and I think we're, we're, you know, we're seeing that and like I said people who thought that it was all suddenly magically going to change just because of a, a different manager I think are, are sort of waking up to the reality that it's still difficult and, and Saints are in this position where they could go kind of one or two ways they could get dragged into this and be in a scrap again for the rest of the season or they could get enough points to, to feel optimistic of kind of you know, mid-table obscurity which I think realistically is what most people would settle for you look at the players Southampton have lost over the years 
a lot, as we all know, to, to Liverpool, uh, the latest being Van Dijk in January. It, it, is that just beginning to take its toll a bit? You know, Because eventually, if you keep on losing quality plays, you, you will slip further down the table. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, they've, uh, Southampton have got a much deeper squad than they ever had before, um, which has been something that they were keen to, to, to work on, and the selling of the players has helped fund a deeper squad. Uh, I think the argument would be, what has it done to the quality of the starting eleven? Has it, you know, has it had a detrimental effect on that? If you looked dispassionately at results, you would say yes. And I think the problem that they've they've had essentially is that they had a they had a great run where they sold some players for some big money, and then they recruited players for much less money. Um, but they recruited really well, and those players really came off. In particular, this is the Ronald Koeman yeah. era. Um, now it's very hard to sustain that um, Saints took a lot of credit for that and they were happy to take the credit for sort of a, this footballing miracle that they were pulling off but it was kind of that it wasn't really anything you felt was sustainable they hadn't reinvented the wheel there's no like, magic way of discovering these incredible talents um, and then they've had a poor trot to be completely blunt they've had a really poor trot of transfers and particularly a couple of the bigger names they've brought in um, and the bigger money that they've paid just haven't worked out at all. Guido Carrillo signed for best part of 20 million quid in January. That's a huge club record for Saints. He was so bad that within, what, four or five months, he's out on loan mm-hmm. now. Um, Sofian Bufal, yeah, you know, he had more time at the club before he's gone, but he was 15 million, has gone out on loan. 35 million pounds in those two for, for a club like Southampton is just, that's colossal money and that is a, a problem that takes its toll over a longer period and, and all this time if you're selling really good players and then you're recruiting players who turn out to be you know, inferior um, effectively and especially when you end up to, to that extent that you're having to, to get rid of them of course eventually that takes its toll there's no doubt about it you know, you, you're basically asking yourself to keep on pulling out uh, a Mane and Van Dyke type signings all the time and I don't I don't think anybody's really any club's capable of that I don't think anybody's ever done that over a sustained period of time and I think that's essentially the problem Saints have, have had and have got Just a quick word on Van Dijk I, I think it's fair to say it was a, it was a massive thing that is, that is definite but I think it's fair to say that Liverpool supporters have been surprised by how just good he is you know how, how much trans, you know how much he's transformed the defence since he's played for Liverpool are, are you surprised or shocked that he's, he's just come in to Anfield and, and, and settled straight in no no I can't say I am because he's top quality I mean we, we were saying after six months of watching him this guy um, he could play for anybody now he could walk into Barcelona he could walk into Man City he could Liverpool, whatever, straight in and improve them. Not just play, but improve them. He, he was obviously that good from early on. Um, and I, I think what was interesting, of course, with his deal is I think a lot of people were were stunned by kind of the size of the deal, the cost of the Liverpool were being asked to pay. And, and I think having watched some of that, um, the Man City documentary uh, that's going around at the moment, obviously that they sort of show in that that they were in for him. And there's a kind of comment in there of sort of they want how much uh, sort of comment that's in there um, because it, it, you know on the face of it it seemed like a lot of money but I think Saints were right I mean they valued him fairly he's a £75 million player that's that's just his place in, in this kind of market so for me personally having watched him 
I, I can't honestly say I was that surprised. I think he he is that good, and and obviously he's proving it on on a huge stage, uh, which he's now performing at Liverpool. Just the final one, Southampton. Not last season, but in in recent years, have had some good results against Liverpool, both home and away. Can you see uh, the team coming to Anfield on Saturday and, and getting anything and, and stopping Liverpool's perfect record? It's pretty hard to imagine, to be completely honest, at, at the moment. Saints are still uh, a team in a, a very much a developmental phase. I think Hughes is kind of working on on you know, things that hopefully will pay, bear fruit in, in the longer term, but in the short term, it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be very difficult, and given the form Liverpool are in, I guess the only caveat I, I would add is is that you don't. No, we certainly down here don't know what Jurgen Klopp might do in terms of rotation. We know, obviously, that these, we, we've heard him speak about the num- large number of games in a short period of time they've got. So it's hard to know exactly who will play, and maybe that will open up an, an opportunity for Saints, who is not, you know, it's not the A team, as it were, and and you know they've still got a very very good uh, squad of players. But maybe that will just that will just give them a little bit of um, bit more of a chance. Um, but on the face of it, if you're completely honest, you would expect it to be a expect it to be a Liverpool victory. Um, but but it'd be very interesting to see the way that Hughes decides to go after it. Whether, but I, I think I think they will be fairly positive. I think that's what they'll do. I think he's trying to encourage a positive mindset in in the players, and so I don't think he'll want to put negative thoughts into their head about just desperately clinging on for dear life on the edge of the penalty area for 90 minutes and hoping for the best. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, we've just heard from Jurgen Klopp ahead of Liverpool's Premier League clash with Southampton at Anfield on Saturday afternoon. And not surprisingly, Mo Salah's name featured heavily. Jurgen Klopp uh, adamant that he's got no issues at all with the form of the, uh, the Egyptian winger who's put in some mixed performances so far this season. Uh, you know, cut a forlorn figure the other night against PSG after that mistake led to uh, Kylian Mbappe as uh, late equaliser and obviously was substituted before Firmino's winner. But uh, Klopp, you know, laughing off suggestions that there's. Uh, there's any any issues there at all he said you know I'm fine with Mo and as far as I'm concerned he's fine with me um, you know he described his defensive work in the last two games against Tottenham and PSG as outstanding and um, you know he said I think Salah had scored three in his first six appearances for Liverpool last season it's two in two in six this time around so Klopp said wow you know that's a crisis so certainly no concerns uh, there on the, the manager's front um, and in terms of looking ahead towards the weekend, Klopp urging supporters to, uh, he wants the atmosphere at Anfield on Saturday afternoon to be like a European night. I think, you know, again, he, he, he said that uh, Liverpool wouldn't have stood a chance against PSG the other night, but for the, uh, you know, the absolute cauldron that Anfield was turned into for the occasion. And he said, you know, Liverpool need that replicated in Premier League games because we, we know that sometimes it can be a bit flat, you know, especially you go back to the visit at Brighton a few weeks ago, it was it was very quiet that day. So, um, you know, Liverpool in a fantastic position. You know, in, in fact, you know, uh, club historian Jed Ray in his stats this week has pointed out that uh, if Liverpool do win on Saturday, it'll be the first time ever 
they've won their first seven competitive games at the start of a season. Uh, of course, back in 1990-91, they won 10 on the trot, but that was only after they'd drawn the charity shield against Manchester United. So uh, one record up for grabs on Saturday. And Klopp also keen to focus minds. He said that when you know people were talking about this run of seven games in 23 days, he said no one really mentioned Southampton. You know, he said that there was you know a lot of talk of the Chelsea games and City and, and Tottenham and PSG. But he said, you know, this this is the one we're focused on. He also played down suggestions that he could rotate heavily. He said that he thinks Tuesday to Saturday is enough of a turnaround for fatigue not to be an issue. Um, you know, he was asked about the fact that I think in six of the 12 uh, times Liverpool played in the Champions League last season, the following weekend, they were they were held to draws. And But he said, you know, he, he doesn't think that's an issue. You know, confidence is high. And he said, you know, he certainly doesn't, feel as if anyone is is getting carried away with the start Liverpool have made he he feels as if um you know they've got momentum on their side but they've also got you know uh, humility and, and hunger to keep this going team news wise no fresh injury fears he said that um Dayan Lovren is making progress uh, after his injury but still not ready uh, to be selected same goes for Dom Solanke back in training today but he won't be involved and Divock Origi should rejoin the squad for training on Sunday. Lalana, he said, again, making progress, but the weekend is, is too soon for him. So, you know, you'd imagine he'll probably find room for Naby Keita. Of course, he was he was rested in midweek. Um, it'd be intriguing to see whether he does change things at all up front in the front line. Maybe a first start for Shakiri. you know, if he, if he wants to rest any of the, the two centre-halves. Maybe even Joel Matip might get a run out, but... Um, you know, from, from Klopp's perspective, very keen to ensure that, that, that no one looks any further ahead than the visit of Mark Hughes's side on Saturday and Liverpool looking to extend this brilliant run. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.